What's up, everyone? It is Wednesday, October 18th, and you are listening to the 27th episode of the Unearned Hype Podcast. I'm Scott Kraft, joined as always by my co-host, Philip Martinez. Uh, And today, uh, if you've been paying any attention to recent game news, I'm sure you have a pretty good idea of what we're going to be talking about, because it's all anybody's talking about. Uh, It's loot boxes. Um, (laughs) Yeah, yeah, that's literally everything uh, that's been in the news lately. Yeah, it feels wall-to-wall, like in a way that I... I mean, honestly, I don't know that it just that it necessitates. Like, they kind of suck, but but I mean, we're treating it like it's like a, a, a new thing. international crisis. No, they, they, while there are like actual international crises happening, no, they're, they're treating it like it like it hasn't been around for like years now. You know what I mean? It's just like you know, this has always been this way for a lot of games, and now just more games are implementing it because it makes a lot of money. So they want to make money. So yeah, it might be a surprise. It, it, so so let's I guess we, we could we could start from the like kind of the top yeah. about what you know I mean obviously everyone's familiar with like what loot crates are it's you know at least w- the way we're talking about them now or the version that everyone's upset about is like the microtransaction idea you know it's spend X amount of dollars and either buy an in-game currency that is used for chests or just get the chests outright um, usually you get you know a handful of bonus chests if you're willing to buy them in bundles um, and we see it in and everything from uh, you know, stuff like you know, shooters and, and um, you know, things like, I guess, Star Wars Battlefront 2 is going to have yeah, them. Well, Overwatch has that. them, obviously. Oh, oh, yeah, Overwatch has them, and, and I feel like that's, it's, people aren't really talking about the Overwatch box as much, which I, is obviously something we'll get to a, a bit later, but yeah, that's definitely a good example for shooters. Um, you know, they've, they've been around for a long time in, like, League of Legends and Dota. Um, they Justice were 2 has them now. Yeah, fighting games are starting to have them for like cosmetics. I think WWE, the, yeah. the new WWE game has them too. Um, and, and I just finished reviewing Shadow of War for the site, and they are obviously in there. That's been a big topic of conversation with Shadow of Mordor fans. I think that's I think that's what um, kicked everything off, isn't it? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of what definitely like kind of lit the fire. Yeah, and then as people realize like, oh, and it's everywhere. Like they're in this game and they're in this game, and people just it just kind of like exploded. I think it was not necessarily loot crates and loot boxes, but like NBA Two K eighteen was like the microtransactions. That's like the the biggest thing from every review I've read was like from yeah NBA Two K eighteen is that the microtransactions made career mode like unplayable. Yeah, so it wasn't necessarily like loot crates and loot boxes. It was just like microtransactions. And then now yeah, we're seeing it shadow then the loot stuff is like really blowing up. Yeah, um, and it's so. I, I mean, obviously, it's like a multi-part thing. Like, there's um, people are talking about like the legality of it. There's been people talking about whether or not we should regulate them the way we regulate gambling. There's people <laughs> talking about whether or not they should be in games at all because you know people are paying for them. So I mean, let, I figure like let's start with the the very basics like. They've been in free-to-play games for a long time. Yep. No one really cared. And I, I think most people tend to agree that the reason they've been in free-to-play games and, and no one, and the reason no one cares that they're in free-to-play games is because we all accept that like people have to make money somehow. You know, especially when like, like on mobile games, especially. Sorry to cut you off, but no, no, go like, on. mobile games are like the biggest example of this stuff. Where it's like it's free to download, so they need to make their money somewhere. So it's yep. like, and you're not forced to buy anything. That's the whole thing. It's when people start feeling like they're forced to buy gear or what have you. It's yep. when it gets into a problem. So mobile games has happened. Well, I think, I think even past that, you know, I, I feel like 
the reason why I mean yes there's definitely the issue where people feel like you know in Shadow of War um, the thing that a lot of people are taking issue with is that there's two levels of uh, treasure chests there's silver chests which are bought using um, the base in-game currency called Mirian which is it could be dollars it could be you know just the currency the it's currency. the one that you get for killing dudes um, and so you, you come by it pretty heavily. Like I had like thousands and thousands of unused Mirian when I finished the game. Um, and when you buy those chests, you're guaranteed at least one epic orc, um, which will usually have a little bit better, uh, attributes and perks and things like that. They just tend to do a little better on the battlefield. It's still not guaranteed. Like I've definitely had epic orcs that I sent on what seem to be easy missions and they get killed. Yeah. Um, but they, on average, they tend to be a little better. Uh, and, uh, from there, there's, uh, also gold chests, which you buy using, I, I think they just call it gold, which is a currency that you can either get from doing daily challenges, um, or by just paying for it outright. Uh, the idea there obviously being that they would like people to, to spend the money on it. But I, I think the goal was based on the way that they've structured the game. Like it, the goal here is clearly to get people to come back on a daily basis and interact with it. Like the way that they've structured shadow wars, the in-game content where you're just defending your fortresses like over and over again and like leveling up all your orcs and stuff. It's clearly meant for people to just be like, all right, I'm going to come play two or three hours today, yeah. play two or three hours tomorrow in this entirely unrealistic way that every publisher seems to think that people will play their games like because a handful of games have done well in that regard you know you have your destiny that people will pour daily and weekly hours into and overwatch that people will pour daily and weekly hours into and hearthstone you have these like outlier games that people will play exclusively now every publisher thinks that their games can be that which is insane uh, it's just not feasible. Like I, it's you know, we've had a quite a bit of Shadow of War coverage on the site recently. I actually had a chance to go out and talk to um, some members of the team, uh, both while like during PAX and and later um, closer to the the release date. And one of the things that I kept noticing when I was talking to them was they kept talking about Shadow of War um, in a way that a lot of AAA developers talk about their upcoming games now, and it's a way that like frankly I don't think is sustainable. You know, we just saw it. Um, was it yesterday or today with the visceral games news yeah. you know electronic arts shuttered a studio because they basically want to turn their unannounced star wars game into star wars destiny because everybody wants to have this like multi-hour nobody wants to just make a single player story that you can play for 20 or 30 hours everybody wants to make a destiny uh and it's insane like this isn't it's not feasible it's not sustainable there's most ip can't be stretched to this level uh and it's not like a failing on the developer's part it's not a failing on any like staff member's part or team member's part it's that like fucking star wars isn't interesting enough for me to go live in it like this like <laughs> it's just not we already saw that with galaxies i'm sure people will disagree with you on that one people will get mad as fuck in the comment section but like the reality is the market has already shown people don't want this like star wars galaxies granted like don't get me wrong mmos used to look pretty bad they still don't look amazing we have to make lots of like graphical accommodations to get huge numbers of characters in an area um but like galaxies was what everybody claimed they want it was this like you had like single player stories you had raids you had crafting you had like an entire economy that was driven by players and their job abilities and things like that um 
it was World of Warcraft in many ways before World of Warcraft. Uh, it just didn't like nail some of the UI elements yeah, and stuff. Yeah. And and nobody played it. Not in like significant numbers. Not in the kind of numbers that investors and developers are looking for now. Um, and obviously, like there are arguments that like <laughs> you, you could make it a more single player story and and, and more more story driven, and it might do better. I mean, they're still doing the Old Republic and all of its expansions, and it has some kind of audience. Um, but it's not uh, it, like you're not getting destiny numbers out of the Star Wars universe. You're not getting, uh, and part of it is just like a function of that not being what like Star Wars is is so widely beloved because it's snack size. You don't need to read like dozens of books and do all of the extra shit to understand those movies and enjoy those movies. There is all of that extra stuff for those diehards. Yeah, but that's just for more... Yeah, that's just for more of your ancillary, like, you know, needs. Like, oh, I just want to know more about this character or more about this area or whatever. Like, you don't... Like you said, you don't need these things. And, and But because everybody wants to have that game now, they're structuring their their like reward mechanics to try and force you to play games that way you you know we see it in 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 like nba uh and wwe 2k18 with this idea that players are going to play through like like with nba i think their their claimed idea would be like well you know you shouldn't peak in your rookie season or in your sophomore season you should peak two-thirds you know halfway to two-thirds of the way through your career Mm -hmm. like most players do but the reality of the situation is most people aren't playing through an entire career in the my career mode. You're going to play maybe a couple seasons. You're going to win a finals or two. But like nobody's trying to play 15 years with their created character, or very few people are. Yeah. Um, but they will use that as an excuse to be like, well, we have this thing, and also now we will sell you the way to expedite your path through there. And it's a shitty thing to do because, like, the reality is no one was going to play through it the way that they've designed it on the base level. And I think at the at the end of the day, that's what people are taking an issue with. Like, what they're saying is we're mad at loot boxes. What people are actually angry about is that people are is that loot boxes have become an excuse to design games in a way that isn't like consumer friendly. Well, the, the, and it's certainly not realistic. The thing is, like, the outrage with like Shadow War and like supposedly Battlefront and things like that are that and and I feel like and this is how I feel and I feel like these are how other people are feeling other games are feeling is just that they are being forced like you can't win if you're free to play sort of thing where it's just like in Overwatch and like Injustice where everything is cosmetic loot boxes are cosmetic in Overwatch costumes don't give you extra abilities nothing nothing like that it's the same game no matter what it's all about cosmetic. So those sort of things, like you definitely don't need to buy anything if you, unless you're really diehard and you want this skin for your favorite character. But like with Shadow War, you could tell me if I'm completely wrong. And I, I noticed that in Battlefront, because like Angry Joe, the Angry Joe show had a, a video about the loot crates in Battlefront because he was in the beta. And like mm-hmm. he explained how it kind of works. And it's like like crazy where it's just like, you're getting these loot boxes, and you're getting these, like, weapons and these abilities, and you need to, and, and the currency, the amount of currency you get isn't, like, fast enough for you to be, like, free to play. You know what I mean? It's like, mm-hmm. you need to put in, like, hours and hours in this grinding game just to open up a few loot boxes, and hopefully you get the drop, you know, that you want. Now, the crazy part about Battlefront 
was that, okay, say this gun, there's like three levels of this gun or this ability, and it's like you need to get one. You can't just drop the third level in a loot box, you know what I mean? You have to get the one, and you have to use money to upgrade it to two, and use money and whatever resources to upgrade it to three. And like the amount of grinding you have to do if you don't want to pay for it is astounding. That's the mm. whole point. So if you're yep. if you're facing somebody in a PvP thing and they have that ability and you don't, they're already winning and they're like they're unbeatable. You can't beat them. So you're like, oh damn, yep. I need that ability, and you're gonna put money down to actually match him, you know? So yep. that's the problem. That's why I feel people have the problem with like with those cosmetic loot boxes, it's fine. It's like, okay, you don't have to do it. You don't have to do anything. But in certain games, they're kind of forcing you to. And that article you sent me this morning about, what was it? Um, it was Bungie. And, Activision's patent. Yeah, yeah, Activision. Where it's just like, they're, you know, pretty much the algorithm. You could probably explain it better than I can. But, like, in layman's terms, like, algorithm is, is, is matchmaking players who don't have this certain gear with players who have certain gear that are really good. So they'll want mm-hmm. to force you to be like, damn, I want that. And to, to yep. force you to put down money, which is crazy when you think about it. <laughs> and I think, and I think a lot of that still factors into, into what I was saying is yeah. essentially like nobody is mad when, um, when microtransactions don't have a direct impact on gameplay. Yeah, yeah. You know, things like the overwatch loot boxes where you're just getting, uh, new voice packs and new skins and the, and it's things that not only don't matter but you also have um, a means of earning them uh, in the game and they're fairly giving with them like every week that you log into overwatch you know you can go in and get one for playing like whatever for winning the one round of like whatever the game mode of the week is and then like winning three arcade matches and every time you level up and like you get one every time they have a new seasonal event you know they're they're very they're pretty giving with, with that stuff, particularly compared to to other games, which yeah. makes sense because it's not free to play. You are paying sixty bucks to get in, so like yeah, you probably should have a relatively good amount of access to that content as well. Um, what I think people take issue with, and, and if it was something similar like that in Shadow of War, I don't think people would be mad. I think you know if the if the loot boxes were or where, where to make orcs look more interesting exclusively. Like, if all it was was like, hey, that, that fucking legendary orc that you already have at your fort, wouldn't it be real cool if he had, like, an axe stuck in the top of his head? Here you go in the loot crate. Like, I don't think anybody gets mad about yeah, that. Yeah. Because it doesn't have a direct... Like, it certainly impacts your experience. You get to, like, giggle to yourself because you're fighting a dude who already has an axe in his brain. <laughs> um, but, like, it wouldn't actually have an impact on your experience yeah, on relative to somebody else. And, and granted, the experience you're having... Uh, it, it is a little different in Shadow of War as well. Because there's no direct multiplayer like there is a a multiplayer component where you can attack like another player's fort um but it's not like chosen for you you're not just like spinning a wheel and sometimes you get dropped into a fort uh of somebody who already has like you know a ten thousand dollar fort it's you're given a list of players that you could invade it tells you the levels and stuff of, of everybody currently guarding their fortress you choose to invade the one that you think you're strong enough to defeat and that's it so like if you saw one that was clearly paid for, you're just like, well, I can't do that. You just move on. Yeah. Um, and so I feel like the argument kind of weakens there, and, it, and it's part of why I don't necessarily understand some of the uproar around Shadow of War. Um, 
And we can certainly get to more of that in a minute. But I think on a base level, it sounds like you and I generally agree. And and probably a lot of people, other people agree with us. It's that I think the issue isn't with the idea of having microtransactions in a game. Even having microtrans, even having certain content that's gated behind those microtransactions. Uh, I think the issue is when that con- is when the gated content. Um, affects everybody else like if i can have the entirety of my experience with a game and be satisfied with it see all of the story beats see all of the everything else without spending any money great and and to be clear you can do that in shadow of war it goes back to that like semi unrealistic view of how people are going to play your game but it's not that hard to see how somebody would uh so i guess let's like have a little caveat in the middle here so the reason people were angry about Shadow of War wasn't just that the loot boxes are there and that they have the orcs in them. It's that you play through the first three acts of the game, which are, comprise most of the story. You get kind of a good ending for Talion. You you see some resolution of different events um, that kind of carry over from Shadow of War. Yeah. Uh, but then you start a fourth act called Shadow Wars, where you're like defending. Uh, you, you have to finish. Because you, you, you don't have to capture all of the fortresses to finish the game. There's a lot of them that are optional. Those become, like, the focus of Shadow Wars. You go in, you have to capture all of the forts. You have to defend them from resurgent evil forces. Um, and if you do that for a long enough period, uh, and, and you survive, I think it's like ten stages of invasions, um, then you get a what, they, what the developers are calling the true ending. Um, and and I, that's what people are taking issue with, is the belief that it, you can get to that true ending faster by spending money. Um, which is probably true, because yes, you can spend money on crates that give you the epic orcs. Those epic orcs, will, or those legendary orcs, will be more effective in battle on average than the non-epic and legendary counterparts. Um, and so yeah, you could theoretically buy like 100 loot boxes, get a shitload of those things, and, and finish faster. But I don't necessarily think there's anything wrong with that mm-hmm. uh, because it's not a multiplayer game. Like me finishing it faster does not slow it down for you. You know what I mean? Like all I'm doing, I think it's a dumb system. I don't know why you would spend money to play less of a game. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense yeah, to yeah. me. Um, but uh, I at least can follow the train of logic that leads people to get angry about it. They're mad because without all of this up with without developers smelling blood in the water over these loot boxes this probably wouldn't have been quite as drawn out as it was um but i also don't think loot boxes are the only problem there i think some of that traces back to the destiny thing right where people want everybody wants their game to be continued to be engaged with for days and weeks and months after it's out so you build this super grindy mode that they're extending even more. They have they just announced the first DLC is to make Shadow Wars infinite. So you're just forever attacking and defending forts. So it's like, okay, you're not really being... You're not, intent, you're not trying to be shitty about this so much as you're pursuing an idea that's bad. And then finding a way to tack microtransactions on top of it. Um, that said, it does sound like Star Wars Battlefronts are... A, just shitty like it sounds like those are just a bit more abusive if if there really is just like okay you can unlock tier one doing whatever but you have to spend money to unlock tier two and three yeah that's obviously a problem yeah um that that clearly created like that is the definition of pay to win um and, and it's one thing if you just have an entire server of if you break that population in half if you're like okay people who spend money 
go on one server, people who don't spend money go on the other server, then again, I think we're back to a situation where, like, who fucking cares? You're, you've drawn your battle line. You can go A or B and not be affected. Um, but, it, yeah, it's shitty. It's really unfortunate that, that people have, have kind of adopted this um, as, like, the de facto practice. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know how familiar you are with the loot box, the, the supposed loot box system for Battlefield, but um, obviously it's not out yet. It comes out in November, I think it is. Uh, oh yeah, it's with the new Battlefield expansion, right? That the Russian DLC. No, no, Battlefront. Oh, Battlefront. Yeah, Battlefront. Um, where, where it's like, I guess they have time to change things, because that was only in the beta. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, how much can you change? You know what I mean? It's like, it's like if you were from a beta and you only have like a, maybe a month, let's say a month out from release, it's just like how much can you really change? I mean, I guess you could change like. That would be drop rates and things like that. Well, that becomes like a dual issue again, too. Is like it would be kind, it would be pretty easy to change it because as far as like the purchasing side goes, that's some values on the back end. That's going in and saying, okay, don't check and see if the player has X number of currency B, you know, and, and reduce accordingly. It's just check for currency A and reduce accordingly. But what it likely means is that if they're having to make those adjustments now, all of that shit's not going to be as balanced. That economy is not going to be as balanced as it could be on day one be, yeah. because they're having to rush to rebalance it along with all of their other bug fixing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I, I just don't get the model. Like, I get the model, and yet I don't. Like, you, you seem like you have, like, a problem with game modes or games that, like, are kind of not forcing, but, like, in, like encouraging you to log in every single day. You know what I mean? Um, I'm not. A, I'm not opposed to it. I, I, like as a as a general rule, you know. I think I think it works for Destiny, or at least it used to. I think, you know, I actually did a story today about how, or I'm currently working on a story about um, how Destiny's numbers are slipping. Like they're uh, right after launch, they were averaging like three and a half million players a day. Now they're down to about a million and a half a day, um, which is obviously still great. There's developers out there that cut their right arm off to have a million and a half daily players. Um, but it's not necessarily what Destiny's looking mm-hmm. for, you know, or especially, what Bungie and Activision are looking for. Especially after the, uh, the first few weeks, yeah. Yeah, but uh, my issue is that I don't think that every property, like, if we really sit down and are realistic and have realistic conversations with ourselves, I don't think most properties can be that because they just don't, it doesn't adapt to that. They don't necessarily fit that structure. Yeah, yeah. You know, shooters by their nature are very repetitive and, and tend to kind of like, you're kind of like losing yourself in it. And so you can extrapolate that with a lot of things. You're not going to necessarily be able to do that with a story driven game. Like Destiny's barely story driven as is, and they already can't keep up with the story demands. If you, if you were to truly say like, we're going to make a story driven Destiny, you would never stay caught up to the demands of your, of your audience. And they would just roast you within a month. Yeah. Um, and so I think that's the problem. I think people just need to identify, like, fucking NBA 2K18 doesn't need to be Destiny. Like, I'm ar- let me play NBA games the way that everybody has always played NBA games. You binge that shit for the month leading up to the start of the season, and then you never have time to play it during the season because basketball's actually on every day. And then you play during the offseason when you need your fix. Like, that's how we all play it, right? You know, same with, like, Madden. Same with most sports games. Like, don't try and turn those into Destiny. Just let those be what they are. And, you know, do what EA did and have Bioware go make something that actually fits that model. Like, if you want to build to that, 
create something for that model. Don't just try and adapt to the entire industry to be, hey, we're going to spend a thousand hours on every game now. Because that's not sustainable. And it's just going to lead to more people not buying as many games because they know to expect this kind of shit. Yeah, I agree definitely like not everything needs to have that kind of model of like, yeah, login bonuses and weekly missions and things like that. Like Uncharted doesn't need that. Um, like Nintendo games don't need that really. Like there's things that yeah. don't really necessitate, yeah, necessitate those things. And yeah, like, I don't know. I guess I, it's, it's odd because if we just go back to what we said in the beginning, where, like, this has been, like, the model for a while now. And for some reason, it's becoming, like, bubbling to the surface. It's like, what, what what's wrong with you guys? Like, this is how it's always been. Like, maybe because I play yeah. a lot of mobile games or whatever, and that's how it's always been. So it's just like, what are you guys talking about? Like, you have the choice. You know, I'm like, there's a choice to pay and not to pay. You don't have to. And I, you know, you read Reddit and all the, the comments and online blogs. Like, they're forcing us to do this. They're forcing us to do that. Like, no one's forcing you to do anything. Like, you don't have to. Like, people are starting to blur the lines. Yeah. I shouldn't say people. Certain developers and publishers are starting to blur the lines in very weird ways. You know, one of the things that a lot of people took uh, issue with was uh, there's an item called a Bright Ingram in Destiny 2. Um, And it's, like, so Ingrams are essentially Destiny's version of loot boxes. You can have, like, rare, legendary, and exotic ones drop off of um, normal enemies, and they'll decrypt into a variety of, of... correspondingly rare uh, equipment. Um, Bright Ingrams are a new item uh, in Destiny 2 that you can get one of two ways. You uh, you start to accrue them in lieu of uh, new experience levels once you hit the level cap on a character. Yeah. Um, you can... It, it's not super hard to grind them out. You're probably not going to get more than one or two a session. Like, I spent hours and hours and hours doing the raid when it came out, and I, I don't think I ever earned more than, like, one Ingram per, per play session. Um, but then you can also go in and buy them in bundles, uh, and the ones that you earn, uh, in game, um, just by playing, uh, drop items that are, like, at your current light level, the ones that you buy all come out at 10, and you have to, like, infuse an item into them to raise them up, which is not as much of a barrier as, like, Bungie would want you to believe it is. Um, and the reason people take issue with that stuff is because, like, while Destiny, most people think of Destiny as just being this cooperative shooter, there is a PvP component. And the idea, you know, a lot of PvP, a lot of uh, PvP players took issue with the fact that like you could just go buy these Ingrams that are dropping exotic gear that you could then just put on your on your uh, character and, and hop in and, and fight other players. And like, yes, it does require a certain amount of playtime because you have to get another drop of any kind of, of a similar weapon or of the same weapon class to like make it more powerful. Um, but if you're already at the level cap of Destiny, there's a good chance that like coming by an extra assault rifle to make your new assault rifle extra powerful probably isn't going to be that hard yeah um and i think that's where it starts to get shitty and 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 as you start seeing those lines blurred more and more i think people are understandably looking at this and being like well we can't trust capitalists not to take advantage of this like i'm not going to sit here and turn this podcast into like you know decrying the evils of capitalism for for (laughs) you know an hour or whatever uh, but I think most people can generally agree that when a company finds a means of making money, they don't tend to like shy away from it. They go full force into it. Um, and we're seeing that, you know, in the form of that patent that you mentioned earlier. Uh, it came out, uh, I think, yesterday. Yeah, uh, the or, or, well, it was. I don't know if the news broke yesterday or broke today, but uh, as of uh, October seventeenth, Activision has been granted a patent for 
matchmaking software that would uh, place you in games based on your recent microtransaction history. Um, you know, there, there's obviously a lot of things that that could mean. Two of the examples that they gave in the patent um, were that you they could identify marquee players for a game. So, like, let's use, you know, Call of Duty as an easy example, since it's like the next big Activision shooter coming out. Uh, I should stop um, to, to clarify, this system won't be in World War II. They, uh, Sledgehammer Games, I guess, actually came out and said that today. We've got a thing in our news ticker about that, uh, a link down in the on the channel um, for a story on the site about that. But, you know, let's say they wanted to use it in a Call of Duty. They identify, you know, they go find, like, last year's Call of Duty champions and go, all right, well, we know that these five or six guys... Uh, always use like these cosmetics that you know that they're they're because like professional players tend to use that in most sports they will use whatever cosmetics they like in the games i don't know why i don't know if it's just to like freshen up the visuals if they get them free like i, I don't know how that works in any of those things mm -hmm. i know in dota sometimes they're getting them because they're like partnered like sometimes players will have an item designed for them to use in tournament play that then gets added to a loot crate um and so I would assume that's why they have them uh, in that scenario. Uh, but so, you know, say your favorite player has like a really cool new sniper rifle that's in a loot crate. And they know that based on your previous microtransaction history, that you tend to buy new gear that you that, that guy wears uh, in games. They'll put you in a game with him so you see him using it and you're like, oh man, it's so cool when that guy uses that sniper rifle. I want to be a cool guy like that guy. And then go buy the gun and try and use it. But then taking that one step further, they also say that they could use the system to say, oh, Phil just bought a new gun. Phil bought a new assault rifle in our store. That assault rifle would be really effective in this match that's going on right now where most of the people don't have guns that are good against assault rifles. And they put you in that game to increase your what you perceive to be the effectiveness of the gun because you just had a really great match right mm -hmm. after buying it. Mm -hmm. and, now, and now, theoretically, you're more susceptible to buy more guns. That's, that's fucking gross. That's crazy. Like, that's crazy that's to even... That's crazy <laughs> how... You could, first, first, like, that's crazy how they could come up with that. Like, just to have, like, the psychology of human beings. Just like, well, if I'm, if I'm facing Scott and... And they know that I bought a bunch of weapons, and he hasn't. So they're gonna put us together. So to, to kind of give you the impression that to beat me, you need to buy the stuff that I just bought. Yep, <laughs> that's just nuts. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah. It, it's 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 a level that like, it's the kind of thing that when you see it, you just you look at it, you're just like, well, fuck. Like I'm never, I'm not spending any money on any loot boxes anymore unless they're cosmetic. Yeah. Like it, you know, if this is what we're if. Spending money, because I do, like, I will freely admit, I occasionally spend money on some of these games. It's mostly on free-to-play stuff. Like, I've spent uh, probably a few hundred dollars on Dota at this point, buying, like, loot boxes and compendiums and levels for my digital guidebook because I'm a fucking sucker. <laughs> uh, but I at least don't feel that bad about it because, like, Dota's free, and I've spent 1,300 hours playing it. Like, I'll spend $200 on anything that'll give me 1300 hours of entertainment probably like that that's a good ratio yeah if you find uh, it up you're like spending what a dollar every it's, it's not even a dollar an hour like, yeah exactly it's like a dollar every like 50 hours something like that. <laughs> um but it, you know when you have something that you're already spending money on like and, and case in point overwatch like 
I we didn't have to spend uh, at least I didn't have to spend money on my copy of Overwatch. I got sent a review unit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but even if I had spent the sixty dollars on Overwatch, I wouldn't feel bad buying loot boxes for that on occasion because a I've spent a ton of time playing it, like far more than I spend on most sixty dollar games. Uh, and B, they are so forthcoming with what are entirely unnecessarily unnecessary loot boxes that I don't mind if I spend a few bucks at like Halloween to be like, hey, I want to get that fucking cool uh, junk rat skin that makes him look like a mad scientist, you know? Um, and, and so in those scenarios, it's not so bad. But it's like, but then like I've been playing WWE games since I was like eight years old, like going all the way back to like WWF Raw on the PlayStation. Um, or no, it was WWF Attitude. Raw was the Xbox game. Oh, the Attitude game on um, PlayStation. Yeah, yeah. I had like I had Attitude. I had like WCW Backstage Assault. Like you name a shitty wrestling game, I probably wasted my money on it. Like I love wrestling games, uh, and, and so it sucks when now it's like okay, I want to go get WWE 2K18, but the mode that I enjoy, the my career stuff, is basically untouchable unless I will spend money on it, and that's like that's not cool. I want to spend so much time with a game that at the end of that, I'm like, I need to have some way to give them more money to reward them for these awesome times I've had that I feel like I haven't fairly compensated them for yet. I'm not just looking for something that I'm like, oh yeah, I would be willing to pay you a few more dollars. for. Like, that's not, you're getting the equation backwards. Deliver value, make me demand to give you money. Don't demand money on top of the money I already gave you. No, um, and a lot of people feel that way. Where it's just like, all right, like you said, like games aren't like we've had a discussion before. Like games are not cheap. Like just sixty dollar yep. games, and you know, with DLC already a thing and season passes and things like that, it could go up to eighty bucks. You know, yep. and now you're like telling us, oh, but we have these loot boxes, and you know, and like we've been even harping on this whole episode, where it's just like you're forcing players to do this thing if they want to progress the story or do decently in a pvp situation or whatever you know because some people Mm -hmm. just don't have the time or don't want to put the time in to grind out shit you know and that's what people are like like being you know fairly critical of battlefront where it's just like i have to grind all these hours to get these loot boxes because if i don't i'm gonna lose out every match you know what i mean like and my experience is gonna be terrible because like how can I compete? You know what I mean? There's no way I can compete. And I, and I really, like, I know that there is a flip side to this. Like, obviously, there, there have been, as this conversation has grown, there have been a lot of developers that have come out and been like, look, on some level, people just have to accept that, like, some of this stuff is never going away. That, like, games development continues to get more and more expensive. We're still seeing games flop on occasion, yep. and 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 as a res- and because so much money is on the line, you know, almost any like anytime you see a flop, it's like okay, well the layoffs are only going to be a, a few weeks or months behind that. Um, we just saw it with uh, Agents of Mayhem, you know, it had like a disastrous launch, and sure enough, Volition started shaving people, um, and you know, like. EA just closed a whole studio because they want to reboot Star Wars. Uh, you know, it's one of, like, people are losing their jobs in this industry all the time. And so I get that developers and publishers want to have, like, some extra means, some extra sort of, like, redu- some extra way to reduce the risk uh, with the games. But I can't help but feel like that mentality is a bit short-sighted. Because, I, like, I would be really curious to see 
a real breakdown of these numbers they claim to have of, of microtransactions. You know, people talk all, people say, like developers and publishers say all the time that like they wouldn't put these in if it wasn't working. Like they wouldn't just keep selling them and, and making them a bigger focus if people weren't buying them up, um, which might be true. But I would be really curious to see a breakdown of how many people are buying like the top tier bundles and doing that on a regular basis, which I think would indicate that it's like a streamer or some other sort of content creator doing it for their channel mm -hmm. versus like John Q Public, who you need to like the game because they're the ones buying lots of copies. Like how many is the average consumer buying? If people are really going in and buying one or two or three and everybody's doing it and that's how you're stacking this money then yeah i guess we all just got to like shut up and accept that these aren't going anywhere but i i can't help but notice that like when i go to twitch you know anytime like a new fifa comes out or a new nba comes out or a new when a new hearthstone expansion comes out and all you see in all of the channel titles is like we're opening 50 packs today we're opening 50 boxes today we're opening 50 crates that you know whatever the top number is that you can buy in a bundle they're buying them and cracking those packs on stream so how much of that is actually turning into further sales you know what i mean like how much long term are you making enough money off of a streamer buying your bundles like that to offset all of the people who are angry because they don't have the kind of money to do that and you're worsening their experience? Mm -hmm. it, it, all, it all goes back to like, you know, you, you talk with your your wallets, you know what I mean? Like yeah. if, you, if you don't like it, don't buy the game. If you don't like it, don't do microtransactions. Don't give people the, the time. They're like, look, I'm opening up all these packs. Like, like no, don't don't kind of accept those sort of things. I know it's hard to not accept those things, but it's like they always say that it's like if you want something to succeed, you you spend your money on it. If you don't mm -hmm. want it to succeed, you go away from it. You boycott whatever or whatever whatever you want to do. So clearly, microtransactions, loot crates have not deterred money going into these de developers and these studios. So why yeah. would they stop? They could deal with the bad press, if you want to say bad press. They'll, they'll deal yeah. with it if they're making their money. You know, I'm like, they don't yeah. care about this. Again, it's a business. They're trying to make money. They should try to make money so they want, so we can have more games. That's the whole yeah. point. That's the cycle of this whole thing. But if, you know, if you're, you know, hopefully, hopefully these are like with Battlefront. I, I think, I think Battlefront will be, it's hard to say with Battlefront because Shadow Wars is already out. But Battle of Battlefront, when it, when it comes out, and and when we finally get to see how their loot crate system works and like probabilities and things like that, then we'll see what the backlash will be. Because it would be EA to like really fuck that up. You know what I mean? It would be EA. Well, and I would be really, I would be really curious. I'm actually, I'm I'm sure there's a little bit of typing hitting my camera right, or hitting the mic right now. Like you know, for all of the talk about how. No one's gonna buy Shadow of War, and you mean Shadow of Microtransactions and all that stuff. Sure. I think it's worth noting that when the game launched last week, within a couple of hours, it was number eleven on Steam's most played. Uh, and right now, according to Steam Spy, four hundred and fifteen thousand people own a copy of Shadow of War, and that's just that's just the Steam copies. Yeah. That's not PS4. That's not Xbox One. Like. For all the people that are angry, it sounds like they probably broke at least a million 
on the first week. Because if this many people bought it on PC, I would bet a lot more bought it on PS4 and Xbox. Yes. I could be wrong about that. No, you, you But I, I would bet that those numbers are even <laughs> higher there. Yep. Um, and nobody's canceling a million on week one franchise right now, I don't no. think. I mean, I could be... Actually, I say that. Square Enix did say that, like, the several million copies that Tomb Raider did a few years back was less than they wanted, which was an insane notion at the time. Um, but, I mean, it seems like Shadow of War probably has legs. It outsold uh, South Park significantly. Like, right yeah. now, 70,000 people own South Park. 70,000 own uh, The Evil Within 2. This is all on Steam, right? Yeah, this is all on okay. Steam. Uh, Cuphead only has 689,000 on Steam uh, as of right now. So it's already catching up to that pretty quickly. Um I'm sure it cost quite a bit more money to make Shadow of War than it cost to make Cuphead. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it it sounds like their numbers are probably going to go farther, too. Um, you know, it's just one of those things where, like... And I think some of that reflects the actual nature of the stuff. I think once people saw how microtransactions were actually used in Shadow of War, it was like, oh, it's really not that bad. Conversely, I don't think a lot of people are playing the 2k games this year like nba 2k i mean i'm sure you had your those people who buy them year in and year out oh, those still diehards, yeah. one, but yep. that's who we're hearing from who are like hey stay the fuck away this year you know what i mean um and, and i think that's going to be the problem that they run into with a lot of this stuff is like you you like good you can lose goodwill a lot easier than you can lose like that did a lot easier than you can shake that bad image like you're gonna have a lot of people who didn't buy nba 2k 18 this year and don't even think about buying 2K19 next year because they just assume that it's going to be lousy with this shit. Um, and that stuff, it takes longer to shake that. Um, and I think that's going to be the, the real problem with some of this stuff. Is like, I don't, you know, which I think kind of leads well in, you know, this week there have been a lot of people talking about, like, whether or not we need to be regulating loot boxes the way we regulate gambling. Um, and, and I think that that's a really complicated question that kind of tries to make the current microtransaction landscape simpler than it really is Mm -hmm. you know because like as we've already talked about a couple of times here microtransactions get used in a lot of different business models in a lot of different ways um you know there's a lot of questions that go around like you know, they point to, a lot of people have, like, used the comparison of, of our loot boxes like a scratch card, you know, because, like, uh, you, you don't know that it's random in nature, you know, they're kind of easy to, you know, buy in, in small increments, things like that. Um, but I think that that analogy doesn't necessarily work, because for starters, there you can scratch off a, a lotto ticket and win nothing. And, and it was just like, hey, I gave you money and got nothing in return except for this sheet of paper that has no monetary value. Yeah, yeah. Um, that doesn't happen with loot boxes. You're always getting something. Now, whether or not it has monetary value, you could argue. Um, but in theory, I, I don't think that you could, you know, if you were arguing that the contents of the chest have no monetary value whatsoever, then it's not like a scratch card because you could theoretically win things of monetary value from a scratch card. If you're saying that the contents of a loot box do have monetary value then it's not like a scratch card because you're always winning something yeah um so there's that that's kind of a poor analogy but then on top of it how many of these things can be translated to real world money um you know their game like things like star wars battlefront 
you know, you spend money upgrading your guns and whatnot, it's certainly going to be aggravating for another person. You might have a competitive edge on the battlefield. Um, but it doesn't translate, like, there's not a facility, EA doesn't also have a system where, like, at the end of it, you could sell your Battlefront account to somebody else. You know what I mean? Like, there's no, yeah, yeah. there's nothing there where you could turn it around into further money. But the reason I bring that example up is because you could argue that it is in, that you are taking advantage of people's gambling tendencies in a game like Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, where yes, all of the things that you're getting are cosmetic. You're getting hats and gloves and and shirts and pants and things like that. But you can resell those things on the Steam Marketplace. And some of those goods are selling for hundreds of dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, furthermore, we don't know who's buying those goods. So it's entirely like, I am certainly not accusing Blue Hole or PUBG Corporation of doing this. However, the example I'm going to give is that theoretically, someone at Blue Hole could go onto the Steam Marketplace, spend $400 on a pair of pants from a new loot crate and then when everybody else who goes to the market looks at like the the current values of those goods and sees that those pants just sold for 400 bucks it creates a rush on those items encouraging players to buy those crates etc like you could absolutely manipulate that market but furthermore you are creating a third-party market and in this particular case uh i actually interviewed um the vice president the vice president of, of um former vice president of Blue Hole, now the CEO of PUBG Corporation, uh, who's also the executive producer of the game, and they have said that their goal when um, creating these items and, and and the whole reason that they like are testing the economy around uh, PUBG is because they want the items in those loot crates to have lasting market value. Yeah. And so I think at that point, you do open up the argument of like, hey, you're kind of taking advantage of people's tendency to gamble here. Because once it's once that you could put the idea in your head of like, oh, I could buy a, a crate for two dollars. Maybe I pull the really cool cosmetic out that I can sell for hundreds of dollars. Now I don't have to spend like. Technically, you can't extrapolate that money. There's no way for you like Steam doesn't then let you cash that money out of your wallet to just like a bank account somewhere. But you can use it just like you would any other currency to buy games from the Steam marketplace. And I think that's a big difference. You know, they're, they're like, you are creating wild, there's no way to cash these items out into into dollars, but there is a way to spend them like dollars on real world goods. And I think that creates an issue where it's like, maybe there is some level of like, maybe not regulation, but do we are, you know, do developers have an obligation to like, publish their drop rates you know here's the odds that you get x or y i mean we see those on like those little blind box toys that that have become so popular you at least it's like yeah it's 10 to 1 you're gonna get the mystery figure or 3 to 1 you're gonna get the really popular character or you know something of that like i think but but like i think you can see my point is that it's there's so many different business models and there's some you could absolutely argue are taking advantage of like human nature and, and humans affinity for gambling and risk and things like that. And others where it's like, no, you can't really argue that the loot boxes and shadow of war are gambling in the same way that like, uh, you know, poker is gambling or yeah. slot machines are gambling or, but I mean, how do you feel about it? I mean, I'm a, like, you can't like, it's like you made a good analogy with like the scratch offs, right? Where it's just like, you can win nothing, so you could just spend money and the money's going one way. 
um, with these loot boxes or whatever, you're always, like you said, you're always getting something. So you could do something with what you get, whether it's sell them off for more things or use them for other various reasons, you know? So it, it's like you can't really regulate that sort of thing. It's just like you regulate gambling because it could be, it's like almost like it could be like an addiction almost, just like you regulate drugs and alcohol, you know? Where it's like it, it's it's something where the money's going one way, if that if I'm making sense here, you know. Yeah. It's just like you you. It's like it's almost like a, a symbiotic relationship with the loot boxes. It's like in a, in a, in a really twisted way. It's like yeah, the company and the game is getting money from you, but they're giving you something in return that will always stay. You know, it'll always be there. Outside of the feeling of ooh, I'm risking something. Ooh, I'm gambling. Ooh. Like, it's always something else. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it, it's just the nature of the loot box. So people people just want to have that feeling of, why do people gamble? You know what I'm saying? It's like, why do people gamble? It's the same reason. It's like, people want to have that rush. That like, ooh, is this, is this the time where I pulled this thing? Ooh, I've been searching for this for so long. And, and, and it's just that feeling that they get that adds to the experience of the game. Mm-hmm. And the companies, you know good on them for trying to make money off of it because why not the states are making money off a lotto and you know you know why can't they make money off of it to give us some joy you know so you really can't regulate that sort of thing i think the other issue um because one of the things you know to to that point one of the things that i've seen people argue is like well you know video games are marketed to kids so like you don't yes you could certainly argue that like in the same way that we all have to be adults and not go blow our entire paychecks in a casino because we have like bills and shit, yeah. you can expect adults to be similarly reasonable with gambling tangential activities in a video game. Like figure you know, figure out how it fits into your life. Don't be stupid. <laughs> uh, you know, but you can't necessarily expect that same level of like introspection or decision making from a 12-year-old or a 10-year-old or, or someone, you know, in, in that age range that, that spends all summer playing a game or all of their weekends playing a game. Well, you know, well so I would they, hope they have no access to, like, money like that. You know well, what I mean? And, but and, like, yeah, and, and there's certainly other questions there. And that's what I was kind of alluding to is it's like that opens up other questions. It's like, well, number one, what responsibility does a parent have to make sure that a child doesn't have access to some of these things, to make sure that a child isn't just recklessly spending money on things that frankly don't matter. Um, Like I love video games as a source of entertainment that that should not be like the central core of your entire being, you know, it's Mm -hmm. one one facet of your life. Um, And, and so, yeah, like in which then is like, okay, well then do you put it on the ESRB label? Like some people have certainly suggested that you add uh, gambling to the ESRB warning label of, of games that have loot boxes. But I don't think that would be effective either because I don't think that, no one cares. Like, <laughs> That's the thing. I mean, yeah. Like, I worked in a GameStop long enough to know that people generally just don't give a shit about those labels. No, like, most, parents most, don't give a shit about that well, either. Most parents tend to have just, like, a rule. It's like, either they don't care at all, or there's, like, a, hey, you can have anything that's teen. I don't give a fuck what's in it. If it's teen, then it's fine. You know, in the same yeah. way that parents would be, like, PG-13 movies or R movies or, or what have you. Um but I think just putting gambling on there doesn't necessarily communicate what you're actually trying to communicate because there are tons of video games that actually, that just have actual gambling in them. I mean, even Pokemon has like fucking slot machines. Yeah. Um, and, and so you wouldn't necessarily communicate 
what you're trying to warn a parent about by putting the word gambling on there. And I don't even know that you would really communicate the entirety of the situation by putting a warning on there that said, like, microtransactions or some content gated by... Like, this issue is too complex for a for a warning label on a box. You know yeah, what I mean? That's like, too simple. Yeah, it requires it to be simplified to a level that, like, you just can't simplify this issue. And so I, I do think a lot of it comes back to what you said is, is like... It requires voting your, with your wallet, but in a way, like, you can't just abstain from buying a certain thing. You have to, like, shift your money towards companies doing the thing that you want them to. Like, it can't just be, oh, I'm not going to buy Shadow of War because they put loot boxes in there. You have to then, like, seek out the game that doesn't have loot boxes at all and buy it a lot. You know, it's... And granted, we're already seeing some of that this year. Like, Stardew Valley has done huge numbers. It sounds like Golf Story is lined up to do huge numbers. As you've mentioned, Nintendo doesn't really use this in their games at all. And there's been quite a few popular Nintendo properties this year. Between, like, Metroid, the upcoming Fire Emblem, we got Mario on the Horizon. Zelda dominated the discussion for, like, a month and a half. Um, So I do think there are going to be credible numbers going into 2018 and 2019 that show that, like people are willing to spend plenty of money on games that don't do this bullshit. And maybe we start to see that come back. But I think that's the thing is like people, it it can't just be going and getting mad on Reddit or saying, Oh, I'm not going to buy X. You've got to then take that money. You are going to spend on X and spend it on Y to encourage that. Like not just discourage one business practice, but encourage an alternate so that you're like, Publishers have to be able to, like, you know, as we said at the beginning, they have to be able to see where they're going to make money and pursue that. You know, you can't just give them nothing and be like, I don't know, figure it out, buddy. I feel like, like, we, we talked about Overwatch. And I felt like, and I feel like they do it the right way, if there is a right, a right way, you know what I mean? Where, again, it goes back to, the, like, it doesn't affect your gameplay, it doesn't affect other people's gameplay. It's just purely your specifications that you want. Yep. You know, as cho- it's your choice. <clears throat> and they're making mad money. They're making so much money off of that stuff. Yep. So uh, all these companies see that and they're like, we could do that too. But then they, but then it goes into like, but then it's hard to adapt that same model because Overwatch is like its own thing. Overwatch is like so unique in that characters are characters and mm-hmm. there's nothing really you can like change about it. But, like, when you go to, like, Call of Duty and Destiny, like, there's so much customization within it that it's hard not to have that sort of thing where it affects your play style and other people's play style. It's hard, it's hard not to, you know what I'm saying? It's hard to just keep everything the same and just put aesthetics on it. Yep. It's hard. So I, I understand what they're trying to do and to capitalize on all this loot box money that Overwatch and other companies are making. But like they need to do, they need to figure out a better way to do it. Like I, like I don't know if it's like you said. Like I, I think Madden does a good job of it, where they have its own separate game mode for that. Yeah, same with um two K with like the the ultimate teams and yeah. my team and all that shit. Yeah, that, it's like you don't have to play that at all. Like I could literally just go through my franchise mode or play people online, and it, nothing affects anything. But if you want to unpack some card packs you know and Mm. buy some of those you can and you want to do that sort of thing you can but that's its own sort of thing that's its own game mode that doesn't affect everybody you know what i mean yep so i don't know if that's the model that they need to use where it's just like okay everyone's separate just stay separate 
or not. I don't know. I don't know what the answer is, but it's something like I, I feel like they're trying things to see what what they can get away with almost. See, like, okay, I, let's can we get away with this? And I think that's the thing that a lot of people are taking issue with right now is it's yeah. it's not that like because the, there there is certainly there is an argument I've seen put forth that is like if I have spent if I bought the retail if I spent the retail price of your game on your game, I should have access to the entirety of your game. I've seen that argument put forth a lot. I personally think that argument is bullshit. Yeah. Um, I don't... Uh, I mean, for a variety of reasons. Like, I don't think most people see 90%... Well, that's probably not... There's at least 30 to 40% of every game that most people don't see. You know, whether it's the collectibles that you didn't round up, or some remote corner of the map you didn't feel like traveling to, or some optional boss you didn't pursue, a quest chain whatever there's always this stuff in there that we're already not seeing because it just didn't fit into our particular path through the game uh that doesn't mean it doesn't need to exist but the way that like the the way businesses work is when you're looking at you know you get all of your data after a game has been made and you see okay we we sold x number of copies and x number of people finished like these trophies which are tied to these tasks or they did these quests or and you're trying to figure out what to do more of when you see that there's like large swaths of shit that just nobody touched it's like well we just cut all that right like we're spending money that doesn't need to be spent we could repurpose it elsewhere but some people are going to get mad when that shit gets cut and they're going to get, you know, they're going to be up in arms and they're going to say like, oh, you're, you know, it should, you're just trying to monetize everything and yada, yada, yada. And it's like, no, we're just trying to make a, we're trying to repurpose our resources to make a bigger, better experience for, for like the community at large, which they can only do based on like stats and numbers. Yeah, yeah. Um, and so, you know, you look at that and it's like, okay, I understand that if I'm going to get like an experience that I feel is tailored to me where I get to have the exact look that I want and I get to see only the quests that I want to do and I get to be leveled up at the exact rate that I want, me personally, I'm probably going to have to spend a little money on that because studios don't have time to tune an entire game for me, the individual. They have to tune it for as like as broad of an audience as they can and then be like, look, yeah, if you want to get this particular thing, we went in and took time to make these, you know, we balanced the game and then figured out, okay, we could do this booster that would allow you, like, even with things like experience boosters, there is a certain level of work that goes into it to figure out how it's going to fit into the game, how the economy is going to work, et cetera, et cetera. And whether or not you agree with it, with some of that work or whether or not you agree with whether it needs to be done, uh, it did occur for those products to come to life. And so I recognize that it's like, all right, if I'm going to have some aspect of the game tailored to me, that requires extra work. That requires extra compensation. So I'm willing to spend a little money on things that, like, that change it in a way that, like, is molding it to fit my needs. As long as it's a single-player thing. Like, you can't have, you can't then have, be like, okay, well, now we're going to try and let people warp it to fit their needs. You know, everyone else be damned. Like, that's where it breaks down, I think. You know, I don't have a problem with selling experience boosters for a single-player RPG. I don't have problems with people uh, being able to buy something like the Kickstart for NBA or WWE where you could be like, I'm LeBron James out the gate. Fine, whatever. If that's the experience you want, I want one that like follows the progression of a player. Just yeah. maybe make that progression not quite so abusive. Like, by the end of... You know, I, I went back recently... And started playing NBA 2K17, just using the same you know character I was using last year. And uh, one of the things that I remembered is it's like 
I finished a whole season, I'm still not top tier. And at this point, the progression has slowed to a level that, like, I'm not going to hit, like, LeBron James stats with my player, probably even in his second or third, maybe his third season. But that feels fair. Like, it allowed me to do, it allowed you to progress in a way that was, that gave you a sense of progression. That you see, a, a, a mm-hmm. like, a player evolving as they're, like, as they work through a season, as they work through their life. And that makes sense. And if somebody else didn't want that at all, well, then I think my career wasn't the mode for them. But if they wanted to tailor this thing that works for so many other people, yeah, spend a little money on, like, an experience booster. Now we're all happy. I think that's fine. Because, like you said, at the end of the day, it's about what who's being impacted. If the only people being, if the only person being impacted is the person spending the money, and they're not being, like, forced, or they don't feel like they're having so many gates in front of them that they have to do it to get an enjoyable experience, then, you know, let let companies do it. Like, I don't, I don't think that, like, loot boxes aren't inherently evil. I don't think microtransactions no. are inherently evil. I think the problem is when, like, increasing those numbers becomes the central focus of your design team that you get into, like, problem territory. Yeah. It's like you said, like, we go back to the Activision patent. It's like you're, you're, you're actively trying to get the money. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, instead of having it come naturally. Overwatch has done it so... Na- we keep going back to Overwatch, but that model is so natural. You know what I mean? They yeah. spent so much time making these skins and making them look good and doing all that stuff. Yeah, it takes more money to do that. So go ahead and spend more money to, to get it. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah, go right ahead. And no one's experience has changed. It's only yours. Because it's like, oh, I got this skin for my favorite character. And it's like you forcing people or, like, not forcing, but kind of, like, it's forcing, but, like, in an underhanded way. Where it's just, like, I'm manipulating your feelings. I'm manipulating your thoughts. You know what I mean? It's, like, so, it's so creepy and, you know, ugh. Yeah. Like, it's, it just puts a bad taste in my mouth. Where it's just, like, well, what are you trying to do? You're trying to manipulate the game. You're trying to manipulate your audience to be, like, I'm going to shell this amount of money so I can compete with everybody else. Because I'm not going to enjoy my time. And that's not the point of the game. The point of the game is for everyone to enjoy it in their own way. Yep. But now you're forcing it for everyone to be in, on that level of the people who pay to win. And that's not fair. Yeah. Now, I don't know. I don't know. It's just <laughs> it's just the thought of that just cracks me up. And like like I said, like I feel like people like Shadow War and Battlefront and, and anything down the line, they're going to try, try different things to try to capitalize on this loot box system. And whether if, you know, it fails or not depends on the people and the backlash they'll receive and whatever we'll see like i was i was trying to look up the numbers for 2k18 for nba because i saw i thought i saw somewhere that it was down from last year mm-hmm. and and i don't know if it's the microtransaction thing i wouldn't be surprised yeah i would not be surprised i couldn't i can't find it but i'm pretty sure i saw that somewhere but like it would not surprise me it wouldn't surprise me like it doesn't surprise me that destiny 2 has gone down in numbers it doesn't surprise me Yep. Let's see how Shadow Award in in a week or two, what the numbers are. Yep. Yeah, it, it's it's a it's a weird thing, you know. It's one of those where like, I think the biggest problem, uh, the, the thing that's been most frustrating through all of this discussion is that like, nobody wants to really explore like how complex it is. Like you know, I yeah. I, I not to like pat us on the back. I th- I like to think we've done a decent job here. You know, talking about like all it's like okay, well, you know, you dive into this shoe and this issue, and here's the two or three other things that fork from it. And if you dive into this issue, here's the two other things that fork from it. And I feel like there hasn't been a lot of that 
in the discussion. There's been a lot of people who are just like, well, I'm mad because I don't get to see everything. And it's like, well, if you go look at the fucking trophy numbers for damn near every video game or the achievement numbers or whatever it's called on your favorite platform, most people don't see everything. Like, yep. staggeringly small number of people see everything. And yes, do I think that, like, you should be... If you spent money on a game, should you have, like, a rewarding narrative arc if it's a story game or a fun sports game to play? But the sport, like, Yes, you should absolutely feel like you spent your money wisely. But this idea that, like, because you spent $60, you're entitled to everything ever associated with a thing, that's insane. Like, yeah, yeah if you want to say that, like, it's shitty that these days we have microtransaction power-ups instead of cheat codes, like, I'm 100% with you. I think it's really stupid that I can't just, like, punch an invincibility cheat code into anything besides Fallout or fucking Grand Theft Auto anymore. I think that's shitty. Uh, but this idea that, like, companies are evil because they want to sell you more maps for people who are still playing a game six months after it came out, like, oh, let those motherfuckers have a new environment to look at. Like, this shit's probably yeah. looking old at that point. <laughs> and again, like, you, people think, like, DLC and things like that are free. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, no, these are not free. Those cost money to make. A lot of the time, they were made after the product, the process of the game was done. So, like, okay, we're doing this for you guys. We're, we're adding an extra character. We're adding extra this. We're adding extra this. It's like, that takes money and time. Yep. So, yes, they are going to charge you for it. And for you to think that, no, I should have everything, it just cracks me up. It's just like, no. Yeah, no, no, just, no, no. people just need to be a little more, like, specific when they talk about this stuff. Like, it can't just be yeah. like, oh, you're mad about loot boxes? Well, this other game had loot boxes, too. And it's like, okay, but are their business models the same? Are the things they're dropping the same? Do they have value outside of, like... There's so many other things you have to ask about when you just say, like, loot boxes. Like, it's become such a, a vastly different thing in different, you know, circles and different games and different, like, businesses that it, you can't keep talking about it like loot box describes a specific... The only thing at this point that loot box generally describes is, like, an interesting opening animation. Because everybody has, like, a card pack or a box or some shit that, like, explodes and shit goes everywhere and... Like, they're clearly trying to make it, like, a visually rewarding experience in the same way that, like, a slot machine is visually, you know, stimulating. Uh -huh. um, but it, like, that's where the similarities kind of die off at this point. And everything forks so much that it's like, people just got to have a more specific conversation. And yeah, if, if we're going to get to a point where we say, okay, games that have loot boxes that then tie into the marketplace of Steam are gambling... But, you know, something like something like the card packs and Madden don't like we just we have to navigate that stuff more specifically. And maybe we maybe it means coming up with multiple terms, you know, maybe it becomes like games that have gambling versus games that have in-game purchases or I, like I don't I'm not the words guy. I'm not going to I'm not. There's a reason why I'm a journalist and not in marketing, because if I could give you a word. You know, that describes it immediately, like, we could be getting paid way more money to do marketing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but I know what you're saying, like, there's just, there should be different terms for different type, yeah, like, different like, strategies. We, just, we have to be more specific when we discuss these things, because it's, they're complex subjects, and every time that you try and talk about it as if it's not, like, it just, yeah. it holds the discussion back, it keeps us from making progress on the issue, 
Yeah, because you're like generalizing everything. Yeah. You're lumping everyone together. And it's like, no, that's not fair. Like, you can't, again, can't lump Overwatch with the Battlefront. Like, it's, those are two different things. To, to give another analogy, it, it kind of does, it fits, it does the same thing that like my, my biggest internet pet peeve of late does. Like, you always see people talking about like media portrayals of things, and they'll be like, how the media portrays X and how the media portrays Y. But they'll pull headlines from like two different outlets. Sometimes yeah. outlets that are on like radically different ends of the spectrum, and it's yeah. like, well, that—that's not an accurate comparison. If you pulled two New York Times headlines that were like A and B, great, let's talk about it. But like, you can't be like, well, here's how the New York Post talked about it, and here's how the New York Times talked about it. Well, yeah, they're different outlets appealing to different audiences about different yeah, subjects, different, philo- <laughs> different philosophies, yeah. they're different lot of things. Exactly, and, and I feel like we're doing the same thing with loot boxes. Like, we've got to find a way to talk about it in more specific terms because that's how we're going to actually have progress on this issue. If as long as everything is just lumped in together, corporations are still just going to look at it as like, well, we don't do that thing those guys are complaining about, so fuck it. Yeah. Oh. It's interesting. What, what, what else is coming out that's going to have loot boxes soon? I mean, there's Star Wars has them. Shadow of War just came out and has them. Call of Duty one, right? Uh, Call of Duty, I think, does loot boxes, but they're oh. not paid. I don't. No, they're actually, I think, paid now, too. But it's all, like, cosmetic shit. It's, like, gun skins okay, yeah. and, um, you know, soldier skins. and so, Like, Assassin's Creed is not going to have anything like that. Uh, what else is coming out? Yeah, Call of Duty does have loot drops, but they're cosmetic only. Okay. So, like, you know, games like Assassin's Creed is not going to have it. Uh, What else? That's like Wolfenstein probably won't have it. No, probably not. Uh, You know what I mean? Like, there's going to be games that are not going to have it. There are going to be games coming down the line that may have it. But, like, the Um, the fact that they're in WWE 2K18 was kind of shocking for me. It's like... I mean, it's funny because, like, when I brought up Injustice 2, like, in the beginning of this episode where it was kind of shocking... But it kind of made sense at the same time, where it was just kind of stuff. Yeah, the gear system it was like, yeah, and it was cosmetic, and it was like abilities you could get that could like power you up a bit. So, and, but it wasn't. It was only. I don't. I can tell you. Could tell me if I'm wrong in the comments. Mm-hmm. Where I don't think you could. You didn't have to pay, like actual money for them. Like it was all strictly in-game currency stuff, and you got and they. They were very generous with the amount of boxes you would get. Mm-hmm. Like, there were, like, daily missions or weekly missions. It was, it was really easy to get loot boxes in that game. So, for, if you really wanted to play the game, and that's, that's one of the, the, the great things about the game. It made me want to keep playing that game every single day. Mm-hmm. Because I was like, I want to get more loot boxes. I want to do this weekly mission. I want to do this. I want to do that. But it was mostly cosmetic stuff. It was mostly for the cosmetic, even though they gave you, like, boosts in certain areas. Mm-hmm. But if you're going online and fighting people, mostly you're going to fight with those things turned off anyway. Yep. So it was purely cosmetic. Yeah. Um, I think so. But I think, like, the, you know, I imagine if more people were playing this year's WWE, um, which because of the early reviews haven't been amazing, like, I don't think it's going to be some, like, game changer sales wise. Uh, but I feel like people would probably take it, more people are probably going to take issue with that as, as the game gets out there as well, too, because. Uh, I think their loot boxes are, um, it's for the cosmetics. It's for the, like, create a wrestler stuff. And Okay, because I was going to ask, like, I wasn't, I have not really been kept up with 2K18, so. Yeah, and, and that's, and that's kind of shitty, because, like, technically it doesn't impact anything. You know, you could, you could just be wearing regular trunks and, and, and win a match. But, like, 
create a wrestler has been one of the driving things for that series for a long time. People like making themselves in those games or making weird, you know, creations. Uh, people like creating like wrestlers that haven't even, you know, that weren't included in the game or from other federations and sharing them online and stuff. Like that's always been a drive, a driving like factor for that. And so to now have a lot of those cosmetics tied behind the loot system is like, well, that kind of sucks. And I think, I, I mean, I mean, sorry to just cut you off, but I don't know if I agree with that. Okay. Like, I, it doesn't really bother me because it's like, again, it doesn't affect your gameplay. Yeah. Again, it's like it's like, oh, I really, it, it, it's it's smart on their on their part to make you keep coming back because oh, I don't know what's actually in them. I have to really look that up. Like if it's just like creative character stuff and like entrance stuff, like oh, I'm unlocking the Undertaker's entrance or whatever it is. That's cool. Yeah. Like oh man, I really want to work for that. I really want to grind for that stuff. But if if it's like something that impacts your gameplay, then then we're getting into murky territory. But I, I don't think I have a big problem with people wanting to grind those things out. Like you, you like we're going back to the you, I should get everything when I pay my sixty dollars. Mm-hmm. Like no, like here go work for it. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Here go go put the time in and do some weekly missions or do some things to actually get the things that you want. Like I don't have a problem with that. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. I mean, yeah. I understand what you're saying, but like I don't know if I necessarily agree. Like if it's if that's all it was, like I have no idea what the loot boxes and WWE. From what is I from what year. I understand, that's all they are for that. Is just is just like creating. And that's all right. Stuff. And yeah, yeah, I mean it's certainly not the most abusive um, no. thing out there. And, and yeah, like you, I think in my case, I would rather uh, like you kind of hinted at what I would rather see as the incarnation for that. Like if they were going to do that route of like tying some of the creator wrestler stuff to the loot boxes, I think it should have been like just the roster like okay oh you want to make your dude have like stone cold steve austin's vest you got to get that shit out of a loot box you know you want to do the undertaker's roll his eyeballs up entrance thing got to get that shit out of a loot box but you know if i just want to go in and make my like shitty ass spider-man fucking offshoot that like everybody (laughs) goes and makes in these like honestly it's a little weird for wwe to monetize your ability to make a shitty offshoot spider-man when like they shouldn't be making money off of spider-man you know what i mean yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, I I've never like played it yet, so I don't know what's available from the start yeah. and what you need to get. So who knows? Yeah. I don't know. I, I my my brother has the game already. My cousin is gonna get it this weekend. I I showed him. Bob shared this Kotaku story or NeoGaf post with me that was all in gifts of all the bugs of the game. And I'm like, oh, yeah, that's really bad. There's been some bad ones in those games for a while now. It's yeah, but now this like this one is really bad. And like the reviews, I, I keep seeing where them guy, trickling. I saw in. one where John Cena got like stuck on a couch. Like his ankle is like stuck on oh, a couch. Yeah. He looks like a zombie trying to like claw away from it or whatever. My my favorite gift was somehow there's a bug where you're in your my career mode and you're your character, and he won the title. He won the, the WWE championship, but he also won the money in a bank at the same time. So, so he decides to cash it in. Yeah, he cashes in on himself. And he's control. So now you're facing yourself, but you're controlling both at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the GIF, and I'm like, "Whoa, what's going oh, on here? Best. That's so bad." <laughs> I'm like, "That's terrible. That bug is bad." And my cousin's like, "Oh, that's fixable with a patch." I'm like, "Oh yeah, because like that shit is so quick. Why couldn't they have done that from the start?" Right. Like, holy shit! Like, really? Yeah, that's that's um, pretty bad. So he's like, oh, come over. I'm convinced you to go buy it for yourself. I'm like, yo, I ain't buying shit until they fix everything. Because <laughs> that's bad. I got enough to play. Yep. 
Yeah, but that's... So, I mean, at the end of the day, I think... I feel like loot boxes are kind of one of those things that uh, there's definitely a vocal minority. There are people who are happy to run on Reddit and yell and scream and kick. And uh, I would bet if we went and looked at, if there was some way to get like demographic data for all those people, I would at least like to, I like to tell myself that all the ones yelling about like, I deserve to have everything are probably just like little kids. You know, it's just kids that are mad that they don't actually have money for for the loot boxes. I don't know. I like. I feel like I'm thinking about like 18, 19 year old like college kids. Yeah, like you're fresh out, you're you're broke, and and like you're entitled. I get it. Like, you know, I don't necessarily agree with it, but like, I get it. I'm just hoping it's not like 40 year old dudes sitting around angry somewhere who are this mad about stuff. Or they were like, or or they like, I paid forty dollars for my Super Nintendo cartridge, Super Mario Brothers, and I had everything in their game that I needed. Yeah. Why do I need to pay more for more? It's like, because you're getting more. Yeah, because the I number of people who made Super thing. Mario couldn't finish, like, some of the main features in big games now. <laughs> <laughs> That's like, because it's a totally different generation. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where uh, they're not going anywhere. I mean, like, let's be honest. No. People are, su- no, people they're are making super money. mad about this right now. People could boycott all the rest of the games coming out this year. They don't have loot boxes in them. We're just going to get a different incarnation of the loot box next year. Like, it's not... They made too much money. As soon as Take-Two came out a few weeks back and was like, yeah, we've made like a billion dollars on Grand Theft Auto microtransactions. Like, that shit was game over. It, it... <laughs> Tell me, the amount of money... They're making their money back threefold, fourfold with this microtransaction loot crate stuff. Yeah. And good on them. I mean, like I said, like, it's... It's ingenious, almost diabolical in a way. But I feel like if more but, people, I feel like if more developers took note, like really look at that. It's like, yes, you want to go make a ton of money, fine. Like, we live in a capitalist country. Like, that's our entire economic model is built around people being like, I want to be rich. Let's go fucking get it. Um, yeah. So there's nothing wrong there. It's that like you have to do the work with it too. It can't just be like, how do we adapt what we have right now to just make it more expensive for people. It's got to be like how can how do we adapt what we have right now to make it so fucking good people are willing to spend money on it for years after it's out so that they don't have to walk away from it because that's what happened yep. with Grand Theft Auto. Like you can make arguments about whether or not like how like how uh, much like how much you have to spend on the microtransactions in in multiplayer like whether or not it's mandatory to spend money on shark cards and things like that at this point because you would be starting at like such a a, a lower position uh, but then there's other arguments with you know well shouldn't somebody who's been playing grand theft auto for four years have like an enormous leg up on you as opposed to you who just starts today um yeah yeah exactly you know it, it's one of the like make a game where microtransactions make sense for the game not where the game makes sense for microtransactions yeah like you can't base your game on the mi- microtransactions yeah, it's, it's gotta be like just like it's gotta just be like a, a, a like a cherry on top it's just like okay we had like like I, I brought up Injustice 2 like they they introduced the gear system and it's just like okay we can make this into a, a loot box system to, to make it like to just have it, like, and NBA games do that a lot, too, where it's like, okay, you have to do these missions to unlock these shoes and this, this, and yep. that. And it's like, we're, we're, we're encouraging people to keep coming back to our game. Yep. That's what it is. It's like, keep coming back, keep coming back, play this, play this, because that's also where they make their money. It's like, if people are continuously on the game and using their servers and this like that, they can make money yep. from that. So it's just like, 
you know, they don't want people leaving their game. That's why you said, like, it went from three million to a million for Destiny 2 or whatever. Yeah. It's like, oh, oh my god, we just lost two thirds of our audience. That's bad. Yeah, yeah. It, and it's, you know, it, it is, it's like, it's one of those things, like, they're not going anywhere. Um, yeah. Well, you know, all, all we can really hope for at this point is that, like, publishers realize that you know, you can hold this data for as long as you want. In this case, you know, the Star Wars thing didn't really, like, the Star Wars stuff isn't bubbling up until, what, a week before it comes out? I think it's out next, it's either next week or two weeks. It's, you know, I think it may be in early November. I think it's in November. Yeah, so it's, it's yeah. a couple of weeks out. The stuff with Shadow of War didn't bubble up till a couple of weeks before it came out. But, like, people are going to find out eventually. You can hide it for 99% of your dev cycle. As soon as... It, absolute best case scenario for the publisher when the game comes out on launch day people are going to figure out real quick that you have this stuff in there they're going to find out earlier yeah, than it, that if they, especially like well, that's what you think where like, you think Star Wars came from like, I'm a beta yeah, it's, like, it's like people were like oh crap what the yeah, hell is this you did like the Bethesda route and you held it until launch day and not even reviewers get it until launch day then on launch day people are still going to find out and then they're not going to trust you going forward like you have to do that's, it in a that's way that's how... defensible because you're gonna have to defend it at some point. Like, yeah, like you can, like you said, you can't hide it. Like NBA, I think the reviewers were the ones that were like, "What the fuck is this?" Yep, I think it was the reviewers, like because they had no beta. I'm pretty sure. So it was just the, the copies they were giving to, to reviewers and, and like YouTubers yeah. or whoever. Yeah, like they're the ones that are like, "What's going on here?" And that became a thing. And then when the reviews came out, I was like, "Yep, that's a big problem." I think I think at the so. end of the day, that would be the thing that I would say to developers is like, if you're going to implement this stuff in your game, you need to have a a defense that goes further than we wanted to make money. There's nothing wrong with wanting yeah. to make money. You're running a business. You have employees. You have to pay. You have your own ambitions in life. I understand you have to make money. That can't be the only reason you're putting it in there. It ha- like there has to be some sort of justification. You know, hey, look, we already made the base game. Now these loot boxes are extra, and it costs money to pay the artists who are making the content for them. You know, that's why we pay Blizzard. You know, hey, we're putting these maps out, but they cost money because it costs money to pay the level designers who design them, and and yada yada yada. That's why people pay for Counter Strike and shit like that. Like, you have to just be honest. And make it, make it defensible. Don't be shitty. Like, the, there's so yeah. much money in this industry, and people have clearly shown a willingness to throw their money at good, at great content. Just make good shit. Don't make shady business practices. Just make good shit. Yeah, because it will come out. Like, what they always say: all the old things come to the light eventually. Yeah. So it's just like you're gonna do some shady shit. Like it's gonna come to the light. Someone's gonna be like. Uh, what this little fishy right here? What, what what's going on here? And we're starting to see that with uh, the Shadow War and the NBAs and, and watch. I and bet, the Star I bet Wars. Activision sales numbers are going to be real fucking weird for six months to a year. Like, yeah, sure, people are going to go buy Call of Duty, but I, I wouldn't be surprised if fewer people bought Call of Duty. And people are real yeah. leery of the next few Activision games that get announced, and there's going to be a ton of questions about matchmaking and, and microtransactions and loot in general, and like people are going to people aren't going to trust Activision for a while, and and rightly so, kind of. Like this is <laughs> that was kind of crazy. It, it was like it was like with Capcom, right? When they 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 took out Street Fighter Five, and it was an incomplete game. 
And then, like, they're trying to get back in good graces by, like, unlocking all these characters. And they have, like, 15, like, DLC characters, however how many they have now since they released the, the damn game. And then when Marvel vs. Capcom comes around, people don't trust it. Because they're like, well, Street Fighter V was a, a, a shit show. Why should I trust Marvel vs. Capcom? doesn't look good, doesn't do this. And, like, oh, my, my favorite characters are in the game. So they lost a lot of, a lot of people. Yeah. Um, the game is a good game, but I'm telling you, I don't know the numbers, but I'm telling you they probably didn't do as much as they hoped. Because, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's why they were, like, telling us during the review process, like, hey, by the way, we're having DLC characters, you know, because they knew. They knew it was, gonna be, it was a big deal. The roster sucked. You know what I'm saying? They knew. Yeah. But whatever. But yeah, so, I mean, I think I think we can both agree our, our advice for, for developers is don't be shitty. Uh and, yeah. and if you're if you're feel a consumer like that's who hates this life. stuff, like go give your money to people who have business practices that you support, not just games, yeah, not just games you, you like, yeah. but actual business practices you support, because that's the only way this shit's gonna change. Yeah. Um, but with that, I guess that's kind of the end of of this one. We uh, loot boxes were all we really had planned for the show, and we ended up going over an hour anyway. So, uh, yeah, a lot to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I mean, like we said, it's a complex topic. Um, as always, though, guys, you know, if, if I feel like this might be one of those that is definitely prime for some corrections from somebody. Uh, <laughs> you know, if you guys Probably. have corrections, you know, you can always reach us. Uh, unearned Hype at Newsweek Group, S.Craft at Newsweek Group, P.Martinez at Newsweek Group. That's .com on all of those. I guess I should say that in this modern era of dot .everything extensions. Um, <laughs> you know, obviously, we're, we're on Twitter, we're on YouTube, we're on SoundCloud. There's, there's a lot of ways you can reach us where all of our articles are still on Player One you've got comments corrections questions extra insight that you can give on this if you're a developer and want to give us some information on why this shit happens or why it's designed certain ways we'd love to, to have that information hell we'll, have, we'll love to have you on the show um <laughs> but yeah you know yeah we'd love to hear from you guys um and you know until then we will talk to you next week and we hope you have a great one later <laughs>